3: From the Berkshires to the sound. From wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker.
4: Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker. What a off-season edition of Inside the Park we have for you. Coming up, we're going to talk with former big league first baseman and slugger Dimitri Young. He'll drop by, plus a little getting robbed, that, and much more. Let's go.
3: Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number
4: one. Say it isn't so, but Carlos Correa is going back to the Minnesota Twins after two failed blockbuster deals, first with the San Francisco Giants and then with the New York Mets. All the reports are that he is going back to the Minnesota Twins where he played last year for one year and then opted out for a contract worth about $200 million, there's a chance if he hits some performance bonuses, it could go up to 270 It's not the amount of money here. Originally, thought he had signed a deal for $350 million with the Giants back in December. And then that fell apart when the Giants canceled the press conference because of his physical and, and stuff that they looked at on his right leg lower leg and then so that got squashed then the Mets jumped in and the Mets said okay we'll take you and they offered him a 12-year 315 million dollar deal and everybody thought that would work because you know uh, the physicals and baseball it's not like football you don't think where a physical is going to be an issue or stop a deal but the Mets also had reservations when they looked at x-rays and physicals of his uh, repaired, surgically repaired lower right leg. And that was fractured back in June of 2014. And the weird thing is it hasn't really caused him to miss any time uh, since that, since making his debut in 2015. So it's kind of weird that they're looking at it, but maybe because of the length of the deals is the reason why they've you know, put the stop sign up both in San Francisco and in New York. But I will say this, one man's chicken is another man's gumbo. And I I think the Minnesota Twins did the right thing. They don't have the money to pay $315 million or $350 or anything like that. So they're going to take a chance here, roll the dice, and – This is the only way they can get a star of this caliber at a discounted price. Think of it as going to the supermarket and buying fruit with a bruise on it or that's a little brown. You hope that most of it is salvageable and you can eat it and you won't get sick. And that's what the twins have done. I applaud them for trying something and taking a chance. This is what a a mid market has to do in order to compete. And I'm going to applaud the twins for not blinking and not balking at this and saying we're going to take a chance and maybe it'll work out for us and the Mets and Giants will later think that they were crazy to let such a talented player go and uh, not sign him. Number two. Apparently the San Diego Padres just continue to stockpile bats. They want as much. We know that Fernando Tatis is suspended because of the PED use. He's going to miss um, a lot of games to start the season for them. But uh, they just signed veteran slugger Nelson Cruz, and it's a flyer. A one-year deal reportedly worth a million dollars. At least that's what MLB.com is reporting. Remember, they picked up Xander Boguts and uh, Matt Carpenter uh, in the offseason. They made a push and offered Aaron Judge $400 million. So um, the Padres are serious. We know what happened in the postseason. They beat the Dodgers, who had beat up on them all regular season. They beat the Dodgers in the postseason. Um, and uh, they, they, they're they serious about making this run. Uh, they also beat the Mets. So the Padres are serious, and they continue to stockpile bats. I love their pitching. They, to me, especially if they get Fernando Tatis back and he can resume his uh, – great play, all-star play. They will be the team to beat in the NL West, not the Dodgers. The Dodgers have pitching issues, and, uh, you know, they didn't even want Trevor Bauer back, who would have made that team better pitching-wise. Maybe not character-wise, but pitching-wise. So I like what the Padres are doing. It's a flyer. It's not like they said. Remember, Nelson Cruz is 42 years old, and, uh, uh, you know, the bottom fell out last year. Um and, and, you know, last year, and, and at one point he was the oldest, second oldest player to Albert Pujols in the major league. So he's got a lot to prove that he can still play and still provide, but maybe in the early season until they get Tatis back, it's not a bad insurance policy. Number three. I don't know what the Detroit Tigers are doing. So, certainly not winning AL Central titles or making a run in the postseason or the World Series, but – The walls are coming down and moving in at Comerica Park again. I remember already back when I covered sports in Detroit as a columnist for the Detroit News and they built a new stadium, Comerica Park. And uh, after the first year, I think they weren't happy with uh, the dimensions. They moved the fence in because players were complaining. But they're doing it again. On Wednesday, the Tigers announced um, that they're going to change the dimensions of the outfield. The center field wall, the symbol of Comerica Park's deep outfield, will be moved in from 422 feet to 412 and lowered by 8.5 to 7. The massive wall in right center above the out-of-town scoreboard will be lowered from 13 feet to 7 feet in height, and the right field wall will be lowered to the same height from eight and a half feet to seven feet. Now, now this may sound good. Tiger fans, yeah, you know, now we'll get more home runs and we'll have a better team. It'll be more offense. There's only one problem. The other team can now take advantage of a closer uh, fences in the outfield. And uh with the Tigers pitching, I'm not so sure that this is a good idea. This is interesting. These are some major um changes in the dimensions at Comerica Park in Detroit. And uh maybe they truly believe that this is going to help them uh you know, I'm not so surprised. I'm I'm a little surprised that uh they're doing this and these changes come 20 years after the last alterations of Comerica Park back in 2003 uh when they tried to make it a more fair right-handed hitter's ballpark by moving in the fences in left field, left center field. So there we go. Comerica Park getting smaller and uh, home runs and offense getting taller.
3: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
4: Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast Dimitri Young. Yes, he played 13 years in the major leagues. Left field, first base, DH, broken with the Cardinals, also played for the Reds, the Tigers, and the Nationals, two-time All-Star, and the 2007 National League Comeback Player of the Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to the podcast, Dimitri. Hey,
5: thank you very much, Rob. And you forgot I also played from third base, too.
4: And third base. (laughs) I, I know. Hey, you were versatile. Hey, in today's game, man, they could use you. They're moving everybody all over the place. Well, I was before my time. What can I say? No doubt. Hey, Dimitri, let's start here. Have you ever seen a situation with Carlos Correa where a player, I mean, he had that surgery on his lower right leg back in 2014? And since he's debuted in the major leagues in 2015, he's played and really hasn't missed time because of it. So these big deals are offered: 350 from the Giants, 315, 315 million from the Mets. Both balked at his uh, physicals and his X-rays and whatnot, and he winds up going back to the Twins. How shocked were you that uh, that happened? It happened twice before a third
5: suitor, which was the team that he wound up, you know, getting out of his contract with. But um I think it was more about shock value really. Because I mean he he's with a team now. And the two teams that that went after him, of course the Giants, you know, they wanted they wanted the big man, but he went back to New York talking about Judge and and so they had to make some sort of noise and I mean, Coles career would have been fine wherever he ended up the team, whatever team would have been that much better. But I think it was shock value. And then going to the Mets and him pulling the Alex Rodriguez move and going to third base. I'm like, how long is that one really going to last? That's another shock value thing. And then all of a sudden this comes up and then the twins, although, you know, fewer years, you know, is more money on the table. So it's, it's to me, it's just one of those things where, you know, both sides were playing the market.
4: Dimitri, Aaron Judge cashed in with a $360 million deal from the Yankees. Uh, when he originally passed up the $213 million extension as a player who's 30 years old, some people thought he might have been a little crazy because of his injury history, but what about... Him, you know, betting on himself, not taking that deal, and then cashing in for the highest contract for a free agent player uh, ever. What did you make of that, and were you surprised that he was able to pull that off?
5: I was actually quite proud of the process because he did bet on himself and 62 home runs later and American League record being a New York Yankee, no less. I mean that kind of put the pressure on the Yankees to get a deal done. And and with San Francisco over there sniffing at the feet, um, kicking the tires, so to speak, you know, you know, how Steinbrenner came in and, and handled business. It was like, we got to get the deal done. We got to get him signed because, I mean, I was talking to people around here at home and we talked about Aaron Judge and, um, and I was like, man, he has to go back to to New York to me, because one, I mean, that, everybody heard of the New York Yankees, even if you're in the third world country where there's no sports, they heard the New York Yankees, and he he represent what the New York Yankees are all about, and and so I mean, he, is he ever gonna pay for a meal in New York ever again? No,
4: no, you, Dimitri, you're you're spot on, and this is not like. For people to be like, oh, they just love the Yankees. And I know the Yankees haven't won a World Series in 2009, but I'm with you. I think I never thought he was leaving if the Yankees gave him the money, you know, match whatever the market would bear because of everything you talked about. Like, let's not – there's a handful of franchises that are known internationally and the Yankees are one. And when you talk about the player who's hit the most home runs in Yankee history and – Babe Ruth is third on that list, and Aaron Judge is number one. How could you not want to be on that franchise? Am I right?
5: Oh, exactly right. I mean, geez. I mean, for people to actually think that he was going to come home to San Francisco, and, and, and the Yankees are just like one move away from being in the World Series again and again and again like they were in the past. Giants, hey, they got a lot of work to do. And, I mean, they're always a scratching and plug kind of team. But, I mean, it's the Yankees. And, and Aaron Judge made the absolute 100% correct decision to go back to where it started for him. You know, he knows everybody there. He knows the people on the grounds crew. He knows the ushers. He knows everybody there, the, those those crazy fans he knows all of them. He understands when he struggles, he get booed, and that's just the passion of the people there. You know, yeah. and, and and truth be told, me playing on a visiting sideboard, they can be quite some vicious fans there. <laughs> and, 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 and so Aaron Judge had all of that. I mean, that was just a – to me it was a no-brainer, but I like how the process played out.
4: Our guest is Demetri Young. Former major league slugger, outfielder, third baseman, DH, uh, first baseman, all that and more for 13 years in the big leagues. Join us here inside the Parker. Uh, A couple other offseason moves I just want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Jacob DeGrom bolts the Mets, takes a big deal with the Rangers. Can't stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's tough can't stay healthy and then the other flip one I want you to comment on that and Justin Verlander leaving the Astros and joining the Mets. The Mets of course lost DeGrom. They still have Max Scherzer, but they add Justin Verlander. First to Texas Rangers uh can can Jacob DeGrom finally be healthy? And if he does, what does that mean for the Rangers?
5: Ooh, if he if he can stay healthy, man. I mean, you got to appreciate teams that are desperate to make moves. And sometimes they'll they'll pay a little bit more to get what they want. So let's hope it pays off for the Rangers, because if he if if he can stay healthy with that pitching staff that they have, well, they have eight starting pitchers, and then they have Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and then the, the young guys that come up in that organization that can also hit the hit the crap out of the ball. Right. I mean, they can they can they can really put up put up a fight. In that division, but I mean you are going up against the Astros, so I mean you got you got that to contend with and but if he can stay healthy it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be a real hot summer.
4: And how about Verlander with the Mets? They lose to Grom, but they give Verlander who had a, you know, won the Cy Young comeback player. He really pitched well last year. It was unbelievable, to be honest.
5: You know when you see when you see people, and, and every time I see Verlander, I, I go back to the first time I met him, and this, and this was him coming to the um, – he was just drafted by the Tigers, and and uh, we had the um, Tigers um, Fan Fest. Right. And and um, his bags were um, – he was getting off the um, shuttle at the Athenium, and I helped him get his bags in. And I just seen this young, fresh, young guy, you know, that the Tigers – You know, drafted, and he was a he was an absolute hit. And just watching him progress over the years, and and seeing that this dude's going to be a a Hall of Famer. And I mean, winning championships, um, MVPs, Cy Youngs, and now he's going to a team that is absolutely stacked. And 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 for me, I'm a fan, so I, I really like to see. Justin Verlander, you know, get another World Series. A Cy Young, 20-win season. And eventually, when he's said and done, get the 300 wins. Because, I mean, how many wins does he have right now? Because 300 seems like a mile away for a lot of these pitchers now. Yeah,
4: most guys won't be able to get there anymore the way that they handle pitching. Because to me, if when I vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame, if you have 300 wins, automatically get my vote. You have 3,000 hits, automatically get my vote. Uh, you know, and uh, th- those are like the milestone, 500 home runs. Those are milestones, I think. Let me ask you about one more team, the Philadelphia Phillies, that, of course, got to the World Series. Um, they didn't play around. They went and got Trey Turner from the Dodgers, a free agent. <laughs> 11-year contract there for – and, and, and uh, you know, and they also – picked up some other players, you know, not of that caliber. But still, that's a big pickup for the Phillies. They they, wanted, they had a taste of the World Series. They seemed like they want more.
5: Oh, exactly. I mean, they built that team around Bryce Harper, and, and Bryce Harper just been delivering like like nobody's business. Unfortunately, he's going to be out for a portion of the year. But when you have somebody like Trey Turner that set the table with that lineup that has – they now have World Series experience, they know what they have to do to get there, so their mindset is going to be more on World Series win or bust. And, and Trey Turner, they all they all had that World Series experience, and and in Philadelphia, you know, they're thirsty for it, Being south of New York and being like that 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 step cousin, so I mean, they're really making big moves there. And and so it, I mean, baseball is really exciting. And and now that they're they um put the um. Fielders back, the infielders back too to to each side of the infield. Yes. interesting how how people are going to hit nowadays.
4: I I, I totally agree. That was one of the best things that baseball did. Uh, Dimitri, last thing. uh, I know you have a a big golf outing coming up. Can you talk about that and what it it is? uh, Golf and Give, February 20th, Spanish Hills Country Club. Give us some info on how people can get involved and uh, the cause that you guys are raising money for.
5: All right. Well, um, as you know, I am a head coach for high school, at Kennerville High School here in um, California, in Ventura County. This is where uh, my brother Delman went to school. I went to Rio Mesa, so I'm actually across to the dark side, so to speak. This is, um, this is a natural rivalry here. And um, so when I took the job over, during COVID, you know, the thing was a lot of talent here goes to other schools around the area because, well, they just weren't looking out for the players as far as getting them to the next level. And so upon taking this job, you know, it's, it's like I put my heart into this and, um, you know, getting these kids ready for college, learn how to um, play baseball, win. And, and this is in a fluid area here, too. So it's like I work with all kind of people, all kind of areas. But, um, you know, I grew up here in Camarillo. Love it here. And I'm trying to fix up the field, you know. I have to deal with the district. And anybody that, that, that's listening that coaches sports know that there's a lot of red taping trying to get things done. And I'm fixing up the field, the batting cages, uh, the bullpen, you know, I want this to be a, a a place of destination for kids that are wanting to play ball, you know. They come to this high school, you know, you have a former big leaguer there, you know, have great coaches there. I have Mike Muncie as uh, one of my coaches and his son, Max Muncie. He was drafted uh, last year by the Oakland A's. He actually went to Thousand Oaks High School where Jack Wilson was at. And they won the CIF championship. So that's that's what I'm looking for as a high school head coach is to develop guys and get them to the next level and also win some championships too.
4: That, that's always and so, good.
5: And so uh, we can be reached at um, www.achsgolftournament.com. And... Um, yeah, we we're gonna have some people out like we did last year. We actually had it on um, during during Valentine's Day last year, so we didn't have a a, a dinner per se. It was like gives people an excuse to be a, be able to go hang out early in the day before the obligation of being a husband slash boyfriend. Right. At night. But this week um this year we're having it on the twentieth. And um yeah, I golf too. Not well, but I golf.
4: So there you I go. If Go ahead.
5: No, I was gonna say I um, I would like to put together a fishing tournament.
4: That remains really to be seen though. I know you fish. I know. I be I see your videos and stuff on uh social media. But uh Dimitri Young, we appreciate it and guys if you wanna uh you know help out or uh participate or if you live in California, you wanna go to the golf outing, remember it's uh, A-C-H-S-GolfTournament.com. Demetri Young, man, always a pleasure, my man. I appreciate you. Good luck. And I know how you pour into those kids and how much you love uh, coaching the high school kids. I think that's awesome.
5: Hey, thank you very
3: much, Rob. Um, thank you for the kind words. Now bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Track three. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close.
4: Reason number 1,055 why baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL? Because of our all-season content. That's right. You just got another fresh podcast here in January. And the next one will be February 9th. Thursday, February 9th, we'll drop another one. And then in March, we'll have one for you. And then before you know it, yes, opening day and the season starts in April. So keep it locked in to Inside the Parker and we'll keep you updated, all the off-season stuff going on with the monthly podcast for the off-season. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside the Parker. See you next week. Same bad
3: time, same bad station.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
6: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place